1: Welcome back into the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast. We as promised are delivering you four region by region previews that are dropping into the feed. We're going to talk East here. I'm here, David Cobb's here. If you're watching on YouTube, we are not live, but if you're watching after the fact, we appreciate you. We have had a flood of new subscriptions to the channel. Thank you, thank you so much and to our usual audience that listens to us on your phones, wherever you do. We appreciate you. I've got I got a bracket here with picks on it. We're going to pick through this region David Cobb is with me. He is back from the SEC tournament, and we're going to talk East Region. Cobb, how you doing, buddy?
2: Uh, hanging in there, uh, dude. You're running around like crazy, so I have no room I, uh... to complain. Like you're on HQ, then you're on network. Like I, I didn't even expect to see you in-, in civilian clothing. I figured you'd still be in your. Uh... You're shooting tie somewhere in a studio, but yeah. Yeah, you know
1: what? I had to toss on the Guster. I got the Guster Lost and Gone Forever shirt. It's March. We're talking brackets there. And then if you're watching on YouTube, you can even see. I've got my sh- my shirts and my suits. like They're all on the couch behind me. I haven't had time. I, I'm, I'm trying to become the first person to be in multiple places at the same time here. But we are squeezing in our region-by-region region previews. And what a glorious tournament bracket this is! I love the seating. I don't have really too many issues as we talked about on our big Sunday show with how the committee seated. Let's get right into it with the East and what we're going to be looking at here coming up on Thursday and Friday. This is a region that does have a playing situation, a first four situation. That's Texas Southern versus Fairleigh Dickinson. David Cobb wrote a feature on Fairleigh Dickinson earlier this season, so we had to get get him in for the East region to talk about this. Let's just Look at these first round matchups, which one or two games and we will talk each game, but which one or two to you brings the most spice, you know, the most curiosity. What, what ones do you want to watch the most of the eight that uh, that are on tap here on Thursday and Friday in the East, which is in the bottom left of your bracket if you're listening at home?
2: Yeah, well, when I went to Hackensack and hung out with uh, Fairley Dickinson for a day at the Rothman Center, I actually, in that story, forecasted a hypothetical scenario in which Fairleigh Dickinson plays against Purdue, which would be comical because Fairleigh Dickinson is one of the smallest teams uh, in the modern era of college basketball, starting two guards under six feet tall, and the prospect of them potentially playing uh, seven foot four Zach Eady is rather comical. Uh, it's I amazing is what it
1: is. Are you <laughs> kidding me? It's going to be incredible if, if FDU moves on and plays Purdue. Yes, it, for sure. It, it
2: would be. It would be for sure. But uh, no, in reality, I mean, I think Memphis FAU, very intriguing, as as well as uh, Duke Oral Roberts. I mean, that is kind of a brutal matchup for both teams in a sense, because you look at Oral Roberts as a 12. Uh, they could be dangerous, but now they got to play one of the hottest teams in the country that has multiple uh, potential NBA players on its roster and Duke coming off of an ACC tournament title. Similarly, if you are Duke and you see number 12 seed Oral Roberts as your matchup, you're thinking, man, we got to go up against the team with the longest active winning streak uh, in college basketball that has Max A. Smith who helped lead uh, Oral Roberts to a Sweet 16 just two years ago. So uh, I- I'm sure neither coach was thrilled with that matchup, but it, but it should make for
1: compelling TV. I agree. Those are your two best. I think those are your two most intriguing first round games in this in this region. So we're talking or I want to I want to orient our audience. So Memphis FAU, that's a Thursday tip. And that's a late tip in Columbus, Ohio. So we love we love a Thursday. Excuse me. If I said Thursday, I meant uh, Friday. Memphis FAU is a Friday late tip in Columbus, Ohio. Thursday is Duke Oral Roberts. That's 7-10 on CBS. The Memphis FAU game will be on TNT. Memphis FAU is the best 8-9 on the board, and both teams are capable of reaching the Sweet 16. Purdue is going to provide an incredible challenge, and I do think Purdue will win, but Memphis is built to give Purdue fits. FAU is for real, and it is underseeded. I will not continue to to beat that dead horse, but it should have been a 7 at worst. Regardless, it's a 9, and now we're going to get an incredible... 8-9 8-9 matchup. FAU is 31 and 3, Memphis is 26 and 8. I've got Oral Roberts beating Duke. Oral Roberts is 30 and 4, has one loss since before Thanksgiving. The only loss happened when it scheduled a game last minute on the road against New Mexico. It could have easily just never scheduled that game and we'd be talking about a team that's won uh every single game since before Thanksgiving and and riding close to, you know, a 26-27 game winning streak. But what they've been able to do this season is awesome. They do have a 7-foot 5 dude on the roster. There is the potential that we will get 7-4, Zach Eady versus 7-5, Connor Vanover in the Sweet 16. In fact, I'm going to spoil it right now. I've got I've got exactly that happening. I've got Oral Roberts getting to the Sweet 16 and playing Purdue in New York City at Madison Square Garden. By doing that, I have Oral Roberts beating Duke, and then I have him beating Tennessee. Duke is a bit of a trendy Sweet 16 Elite Eight team, and I get it. Even Final Four pick, I'm not objecting to it. I actually think Duke can do that. I think he can get there. But we're going to have chaos in this bracket. The, the glory about getting this this field of 68 revealed to us on a Sunday night and then you get into Monday and Tuesday and you listen to the podcast, you read the articles, you make your picks, you file, you file them, then you then you scratch them out or you go on, you log on to the app. If you have not already, by the way, download the CBS Sports app and you want to get in our bracket games in a variety of ways. You can run your own. We do have a podcast uh, bracket games challenge as well. Nada, I didn't give him a heads up on this before the show. Nada, I would assume we want to put that in the podcast description for every single episode between now and the start of the first round on Thursday. So we'll try and get that as well. If not, just search Bracket Games, search the ION CBB podcast, Twitter feed, anywhere. We'll make sure that's out there because we'd love to give our listeners a chance to to compete against us and our picks on the show. So keep that in mind as well. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
0: Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
1: Uh, Duke, I think, can just as easily lose to Oral Roberts as it can make the Final Four. I do believe that it's it's playing better than it has at any point in the season. John Shires done a wonderful job. has got a point. He's got a point guard in Jeremy Roach who took him to the Final Four last year. But I will go with Oral Roberts because it's it's better. It's like it's objectively better than the 15 seed that got to the Sweet 16 two years ago. Ace Smith is still on the team, one of the best scorers in the country, and they've got uh, they've got plenty. Plenty uh, stocked right there to, to get him into uh, the second round, if not the Sweet 16. What else to you sticks out either? I mean, floor is yours, Cobb. Any either matchups in the first round, and I'm going to touch on every single one. Is there anything else that sticks out there or, or picks or upsets, uh, storylines, players to know? It's yours. What, uh, what do you want to hit on uh, from this region uh, that will start in Columbus and also is going to be in Orlando, Greensboro? Those are your three different pod sites in the East region.
2: Yeah, I do a lot of radio with with guys in Memphis. I'm from Memphis, and I worked at the paper there for, for a time covering the Grizzlies, and the last three, four weeks, we've regularly been discussing hypothetical NCAA tournament matchups uh, for Penny Hardaway's Memphis Tigers. And what we decided on is that the 8-9 matchup actually wouldn't be all that bad for Memphis because they weren't going to get pitted against Alabama, who they already played this season. They weren't going to get pitted against Houston, who they played three times in the regular seasons, uh, well, When you include the the conference tournament championship game on Sunday. Uh, So that left Memphis likely either facing Purdue or Kansas in a potential second round matchup. Kansas, obviously, the far more difficult of those matchups with the way uh, the Jayhawks have been playing versus the way that Purdue has been playing. I think Memphis. Versus Purdue in a second round matchup, if it comes to fruition, is just uh, I, I think it, without a doubt Memphis has an excellent shot to win that game, and that's what I've got in my bracket. I've got Memphis advancing to the Sweet Sixteen. I've got Purdue as the first number one seed exiting the NCAA tournament. Uh, the reality is, you go and look at what Purdue did in the Big Ten tournament. Yes, they won the Big Ten tournament, but but here's how it happened. Okay, they snuck past a, a hobbled Rutgers team that's going to the NIT. All right. Then after that, they beat an Ohio State team that was playing its fourth game in four days without its leading scorer. And then in the title game against number 10 seed Penn State, they almost blew a 17-point lead in the final six minutes of the game. And then entering the Big Ten tournament, they were just four and four over their last eight regular season games. I know that that the way you close the season doesn't always predict NCAA tournament success, but Memphis is on a heater right now, riding high off of a, of a AAC tournament victory over Houston. Uh, they have two uh, incredible senior leaders and very productive players in Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams. And I do not think that Purdue's backcourt with those freshman guards is equipped to handle the amount of pressure that the Memphis defense brings because they will turn you over. And so long as Memphis could stay out of foul trouble uh, in a matchup against Zach Eadie, I think Memphis would, would waltz into the Sweet 16 in, in that matchup.
1: Yeah, fascinating storyline going on right now with Purdue um, because it's been highly ranked all season. It's had March woes, and then it gets just a it gets the brutal draw. It just does, man. When you look elsewhere, and we're going to have these other region previews for you to to key in on. But Bama would get either Maryland or West Virginia. Houston's going to get either Iowa or Auburn, and then Kansas is going to get Arkansas, or Illinois. Kansas getting Arkansas that's no easy thing either. But to me, Purdue got the toughest draw for the second round, and it will be a takes of apocalypse if Purdue can't even get to the Sweet Sixteen. It just will. So keep an eye on that. They'd probably rather face FAU. I don't even know if Memphis can get past FAU. FAU is for real. That could be. A tremendous, tremendous, tremendous game. Uh, Tennessee's going to play Louisiana. I'm not seeing it there. That that right there is uh, is a Friday tip. That's going to be a late tip sometime around 945 on CBS. That's emanating out of Orlando. It will follow... Duke versus Oral Roberts um, on the top half of the bracket there. I like Cobbs-Vols to be able to get a win there, but I do have them losing to Oral Roberts. Let's scoot down to the bottom half of the bracket here, Nada, if you could. In Greensboro, Kentucky is the sixth. It's going to play Providence. That game is going to be on CBS at 7:10 Eastern on Friday. Kentucky has has really helped itself out and helped shift uh, the perspective on its season. Now, is it going in as the SEC champ? No. Did it Did it even bow out a game too early? Yeah, I mean, Vandy was able to beat UK for the second time in three games. But other than Vanderbilt, Kentucky doesn't have a loss since February 11th. So that's the good sign, including in, in, that, in that run, if you will, is the big-time home win over Tennessee and then the convincing road win against Arkansas for the Wildcats. I don't think this is going to be too much of a game. Providence does like to play close. I kind of like Kentucky to win comfortably. This is the Bryce Hopkins revenge game. Hopkins was at Kentucky. Now he's at Providence. And lo and behold, he's facing his former team. Uh, So you've got a pretty juicy storyline there. The other half of this is going to be the late tip on on Friday uh, out of Greensboro. That's Kansas State, Montana State. I actually thought Kansas State might be a little bit vulnerable to a first round upset, but I'm not seeing it with Montana State. It doesn't have the profile, the statistical profile that would suggest that the Wildcats are actually vulnerable there, now that I've said that. Go ahead and celebrate, uh, Montana State fans. If you found this region preview, because I might have just jinxed you. That's how this pod works. What are your thoughts on that uh, on that double banger in Greensboro that's going to go down on Friday night?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think Kansas State is is a little bit of a sleeper here in this in this bracket due to Purdue's vulnerability uh, that we've discussed. And uh, given given Marquette uh, is riding in off this Big East tournament title, I mean they're going to be a trendy pick. They are my pick. Uh, to advance out of this region. But Kansas State's flown under the radar since the initial excitement under uh, Jerome Tang and how they were putting it all together and Keontae Johnson back playing college basketball. You know, they didn't win the Big 12 regular season title. They, They didn't even make the Big 12 tournament championship game. But if you go and look, this team has improved defensively quite a bit over the course of this season and I think that positions them well when you've got uh, two veterans in in your backcourt there in Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel uh, getting you some buckets I I don't view Montana State as a as a serious upset threat uh, uh, like you so um, I'm kind of digging what K-State could do uh, certainly to advance to the second weekend here.
1: And we'll pick this entire region in just a minute. Just want to get to the first round games on the bottom half, Columbus. So we're on Friday, Friday again. These are your afternoon games on Friday. CBS gets the first game of the day, as it always does. That's going to be Michigan State, the seven playing Southern Cal, the 10, uh, 12, 15 tip on Friday. Get you going. Thursday is the better overall TV day in terms of matchups. But Fridays they're both amazing. Uh, I'll be in Albany, so I'll, I'll have to second screen. This I'll have the iPad up as I get ready for those games. Uh, the other one is the 2:15 in Columbus. That's going to follow MSU, USC Marquette, the two C coming off the big East tournament championship run, getting Vermont, the 15, the America East champion And Vermont has become something of a regular from the America East here. John Becker with yet another great uh, season. Vermont is tied for the 16th best winning percentage over the past 11 years since Becker got there. That's in the country that's tied with like North Carolina right now. So UVM is, is no joke there. Um, Michigan State's USC doesn't bring a lot of uh, inherent appeal. I don't think in that matchup, but sometimes it's those games that are just kind of lingering there on the six eleven or seven ten uh, board, and uh, and we get surprised. So don't be don't be shocked if, if Sparty versus the Trojans winds up actually being uh, pretty watchable overall. Let's let's pick through our region here. I'm gonna I'm gonna cue you up first, Cobb, because there's there's a, another element to this as I look at this bracket. Uh, you know, plenty of names to know. Zach Eadie, National Player of the Year front runner. Kendrick Davis, one of the three or four best combo guards in the country. Duke's got Filipowski, who's been a top five freshman. In addition to Jeremy Roach, who's a familiar name. Derek Whitehead's going to go in the lottery. Oral Roberts has Max Asmus, one of the two or three best scorers in the country. Tennessee doesn't have Ziegler. It's got Besky. It doesn't have big name appeal, but still, it's Tennessee. Rick Barnes, by the way, twenty five and twenty five all time in the NCAA tournament. Kentucky has the reigning national player of the year, Oscar Sheepway. Antonio Reeves is really the key guy for them, but he's a big name as well. Bryce Hopkins, we mentioned him before Providence. Kansas State has the most valuable transfer in the country, in Keontae Johnson, Marquise Noel, they're one of the best one-two forward combo one uh, one-2s in the nation. Michigan State doesn't have a huge name. It's a really good three-point shooting team. Uh, you, Malik Hall is probably their most important player, but Tyson Walker has been on fire as of late. And then Marquette's got Tyler Kolick, who's only one of 13 players ever to win Big East player of the year,
0: Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: And Big East Tournament MVP. So those are are some names to know in this bracket. That being said, Cobb, tour us through this right now, your bracket. Who's winning? First round and second round, Sweet 16, Elite 8, the whole thing. Go.
2: Yeah, I mean, I got Purdue advancing, Shocker, right? But uh, Memphis over FAU. Uh, then I got I got Duke over Oral Roberts. I just think it's a tough draw for Oral Roberts. The only other time this season they played a team with this caliber of athletes, they just got blown off the floor by Houston. Uh, granted, that was back in November, but uh, just a, a little bit of a tough matchup uh, for ORU. I would have liked to uh, have seen these guys get a, get a, a different five seed uh, than, than a red-hot Duke team. So Oral Roberts there. Uh, Tennessee over Louisiana. Uh, Kentucky over Providence, uh, Kansas State over Montana State, and then I got Michigan State over USC, never doubt Tom Izzo in March. Although, you know what? Andy Enfield has some some good stuff on his NCAA tournament uh, resume mm-hmm. from back in the day at Dunk City. And then obviously uh, I alluded to it earlier, but uh, Marquette advancing from there. And then, uh, yeah, so basically in New York, uh, I would have Memphis yeah. playing Duke, Memphis and then I would have uh, Kansas State playing Marquette. Uh, with Marquette advancing uh, with an what would that be an Elite Eight win over Duke uh, and making the Final Four, so I got Shaka Smart and the Golden Eagles uh, going all the way uh, to to Houston. Uh, I just think that with Purdue's vulnerability, uh, Tennessee's uh, lackluster performance in the second half of the season, combined with the loss of Zakai Ziegler, this one's ripe for somebody from down on that bottom half of this bracket. To advance, and that's either you know Kansas State or or, or Marquette, and and Marquette is just uh, uh, they, they're putting it all together right now. Um, I think they're they're an easy team uh, to, to to pick from this region.
1: We think there's any chance Kentucky can break through to an elite eight, Cobb. We think that's I, not stable whatsoever.
2: I don't think they're healthy enough. I mean, you go and look. I saw them in Nashville yeah. this past week, and and they got 17 minutes from the entire bench, from the entire bench, and that's C.J. Frederick yeah. playing 14 of those with clearly uh, not a hundred percent healthy himself coming back from cracked ribs. He's supposed to be a, a, a three point shooter, but I mean, just look, just do an air shot, right? Like what? Like your ribs are a part of your shot. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just, I just can't see it. Uh, severe Wheeler, uh, a little bit of a mystery as well. TBD there. Kayson Wallace himself coming back, uh, from, from, uh, getting dinged up. So, uh, I just don't know if if they've got the horses, and and it kind of makes me you know flash back to the way Cal built the the entire roster. I mean, going into the season, I believe he had three open scholarships still, you know, and then you got a uh, uh, Anjana uh, uh, on who whose name I just butchered, and then Adu who were sort of like late additions or throw-ins, you know. So really, I mean, this is a team that was never designed to go eight or nine more than eight or nine deep, uh, even under adverse circumstances. And then those adverse circumstances arrive, and And, uh, you know, you're really you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel here in terms of in terms of that Kentucky roster. So uh, I just don't see uh, this Kentucky team uh, making much noise.
1: Something about this region, I get the I get the most chaotic energy from this one of the four. We'll see Um, your Marquette pick to the final four is a good one. Plenty of people will pick a Marquette to make the final four. Um, I just think you'll probably have I'm looking at these other two. So I think that Arizona is more likely. I think Arizona will be more commonly picked from the two line. Texas will be more commonly picked. I don't know if UCLA will with the Jalen Clark injury. But I, your Marquette pick is good. All right, here's who I've got. I've got Purdue winning the first round. All right, so I've got Purdue. I've got FAU over Memphis in a classic. I've got Oral Roberts over Duke in a really, really, really good game. I've got Tennessee. I don't I don't have Tennessee getting a good push from Louisiana. I've got Kentucky beating Providence. I, I, mark me down for... Like 72-64 Kentucky beats Providence. Something like that. I've got Kansas State over Montana State. I've got Michigan State over USC, but I, I I, have. I mean, that feels flip a coin, I guess. Michigan State does project better in metrics. Marquette beating Vermont. And so then a Purdue FAU, I will take Purdue. I just, it's going to, Zach Eadie, FAU is not going to have an answer for that. But FAU can do it. I mean, both those teams can make the Sweet 16. But I will go with Purdue to move along and Zach Eady to, uh to push on through. I have Oral Roberts over Tennessee. So there's your Cinderella story. Second time in three years, Oral Roberts makes the sweet 16. I'm going to have Kentucky over Kansas state. All right. I will, I will rely on Calipari to again, get a team at Kentucky entering the tournament with a seed lower than fans wanted going into that season. I will have Kentucky beating K state to get to the sweet 16 and atone tone in part for last season's St. Peter's disappointment. And overall, just some of the negative vibes that just haven't been able to be fully pu- pushed away from that program before next year's big recruiting class comes in. So give me big blue nation beating K state. That's a wildcat wildcat special, by the way, second round matchup there. And I will, and we've also have two golden Eagles in this bracket and I'm going to have two of them in the sweet 16 Oral Roberts, golden Eagles, Marquette, golden Eagles, both in the sweet 16. I'll have Marquette over Sparty. So in the sweet 16 into New York city, I'll be there at the garden. I will take Purdue, over Oral Roberts, the Boilermakers move along and uh, do what they couldn't do last year. Get past the Cinderella story of the tournament in the Sweet 16. Remember, lost to St. Peter's in the closing seconds. I think it was Jaden Ivey shot from about 25 feet. That went awry and prevented them from uh, from staving off embarrassment. And then I will go Marquette over Kentucky. I did debate putting Kentucky into, this, into the Elite Eight, but Marquette's way more reliable. I just saw what this team is capable of. And defensively, they, have found they are carving a groove, man. They, they, if they can continue this, your pick is going to be right. I promise you that. If Marquette plays defense in the tournament every game the way I just saw it do for the second uh, for its last two games in the Big East tournament, it's going to the Final Four. I just got to see it consistently. Uh, if you're listening to this pod on Monday, I'm scheduled to have a little thing on Shaka. I talk with him after the championship win. I'll have a little piece on him. Did you CDF, ask him sports. like when com. he became
2: an offensive guru?
1: I, we did not get into that specifically. It's more about his career reboot and uh, the decision to do all but, this stuff. But
2: that's like, what sticks out to me about Marquette is it's the offense, which is not what he was known for at, at Texas. And it blows my mind. You go and look at their two-point shooting percentage, which is sort of an odd metric to hone in on in, in the modern era of basketball. But that's what makes them elite is they get the shots that they want on every single possession and they make them. And you got Colek and uh, Cam Jones and, and Maxence Prosper. These guys are all shooting like 60% or better from two-point range. Uh, and that, of course, just opens the floor up for uh, the driving and kick. And, and they've got three-point shooters as well. It, it's just sort of baffling to me like how Shaka Smart has turned this, this page schematically and, and be, become the coach of, of one of the nation's best offensive teams.
1: Yeah, no, it's an awesome, awesome story. And uh, Marquette's for real. It's a wagon. I've got Purdue Marquette in the regional final in New York City. That'll be a Saturday, by the way. Normally, the East region gets a Sunday tip. Not this year. It's going to be a Saturday. This is my only one versus two matchup in my bracket. Give me Purdue. Give me the Boilermakers. I will take Zach Eady. Here's my thing. Big picture. I'm going to say Purdue makes the final four. And over those four games, you're going to see Zach Edie. <laughs> I'm Give me... Zach Eady averaging twenty four point five points and sixteen point five rebounds. I'm serious, man. I, I, I something. I'm. I, I got a feeling. Yeah, that this he'll guy do
2: that. Is about he'll do just, that.
1: He can do it, and I think it's going to be key. And I'm going to trust the guards, the freshman guards. I, that's I'm where going, you lose me. I'll, that's where I lose a lot of people, and it's not just them. Like Mason Gillis hit nine threes in a game this season. Ethan Morton is an underrated player for what he does. Caleb First you know, it might be breakout time for him. Painter's a really, really good coach. I will take Purdue to exercise the demons, but if you are fading Purdue, I'm not going to say you're silly for doing so. I think there is a real case to be made that Purdue can get picked off reasonably. I'm not even talking about like, oh, maybe if things break, no reasonably second round, sweet 16, elite eight. It's going to have to really earn this. I would think. So you've got Marquette. I've got Purdue. Any final thoughts on the East?
2: Nah, the, uh, the role players surrounding Zach Eady are all really good role players, but they need a secondary star. And there have been moments where you know you've seen that from from Braden Smith. There have been moments where you've seen that from Fletcher Lawyer. At the end of the day, though, those are freshman guards on the biggest stage in the sport. I think history shows us that uh, they're probably not the most trustworthy. So. Hey, I, I dig it, though. I dig the fact that um, we're, we're at odds here uh, because it, it, it illustrates what's great about this time of year. You never know what can happen. Uh, I'm rolling with Marquette. Uh, I think Purdue's headed towards an early exit. But um, you know what? There's 14 other teams, 15 really, if you consider the play-in. Um, yeah. who, who can make a run, too? So um, one of us will be right, or maybe neither of us will.
1: <laughs> it's the region with the National Player of the Year. It's the region with... Uh the Cinderella story from two years ago or Roberts it's the region with one of the best small school stories all season in FAU it's the region with John Calipari a Hall of Famer it's the region with maybe the national coach of the year Shaka Smart it's the region with one of the greatest March coaches ever Tom Izzo it's the region with Duke there's just so much going on in the East great great stuff David thank you so much for joining me this has been your East Region Preview next up I'm going to be doing the West and we're going to switch up this roster thank you so much for watching and listening and listening Keep it locked on this feed. We're going to have no shortage of preview stuff coming for you for the rest of the day and leading up to the first round tipping off on Thursday. Talk to you soon.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.